We're going to be in Romans chapter 4. And just to give a little bit of context, um, yeah, we'll, we'll use three microphones and kind of pass down. Uh, Steve, they're in box one and box two, and then this is in handheld. I just want to say thank you, Lynette. Thank you, Steve, for serving on Wednesday nights and just for doing the cameras and the lyrics and the sound. And, and sometimes we don't see those that are, that are selflessly serving in the back. Can we just acknowledge them and just say thank you? Thank you, guys. Yes, yes. And if, if any of you guys want to be on the production team and help with any of this, uh, contact me. I'm, I'm doing this by way of now I'm giving a plug for, you know, if you want to be a servant like them, I'm just playing. <laughs> no. But seriously, if you want to, contact me. Um, MarcusAtTheRock.org. <laughs> so we are going to, um, we're going to focus on a passage in Romans, Romans verse 16 through 25. And this is something that the Lord highlighted at our staff meeting and has been highlighting to Tracy, and I didn't know that, and has been highlighting to, uh, the Lord's highlighted it to Mike, and, and Anna had some wonderful revelation in it. And I just, I felt like the Lord say, or I just had that feeling of camp out here on Wednesday night and allow this passage to call you back into faith, call you back into hope, and, and root out unbelief in our lives. We're always warring with unbelief, and we're, we're, we're engaging our hearts and contending for, for the faith and to put our hope in Jesus. And this is just one of those precious passages that, that calls us to it. So just by way of, if you guys want to turn there, Romans chapter 4, let's read it together, and then we're just going to go down the line and, and give some thoughts, and then we're going to gather into groups and, and pray for one another that the Lord would... Um, pour hope and faith into our hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit, right? Amen. Verse 16. Actually, let's just start at verse 13, just to give some context. For the promise to Abraham and for the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be heir of the world did not come through the law, but through the, the righteousness of faith. For it is the adherents of the law, for if it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, there is no transgression. That is why it depends on faith in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all of his offspring, not only to the adherent of the law, but also those also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. Let me turn my page here. I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead. We all love this scripture. Who gives life to the dead. And calls into existence the things that do not exist. Verse 18. In hope he believed against hope. That he should become the father of many nations. As he had been told. So shall your offspring be. 
He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No, no unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. That is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. But the words it was counted to him were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be counted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Amen. Let's just pray before we move on. Lord, we just ask you to open the eyes of our heart, open our ears to what the Spirit is saying to us. Lord, we ask you for the sword and the power of your word through the Holy Spirit. Um, just to cut out and unroot any unbelief that is in our heart. And I pray for the truth and the reality that are in these verses, that it would pour it into our hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So, there's so much in here, and this is such a wonderful passage of Scripture. The one thing that the Lord was sharing with me and highlighting to me, I just wrote down a few things, I want to pull it up. It was from the verse 18. It says, In hope he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations. I think the NIV says it better. We were looking at it in the back. It says, against all hope, Abraham, in hope, believed. And I forget which NIV translation, the 83 or the new one. But Abraham had no reason in, in the natural to believe that this was going to happen. His body was dead, <laughs> meaning couldn't have children. His wife was 90. I mean, how many 90-year-olds do you see walking around with newborn babies that they had just had? I mean, that is, that's crazy, right? And that was what was against hope. Like, those things were against hope. But Abraham, in hope, continued to believe what God had promised him. And I was just thinking in my own life how this works um, and how I've, I've been pulled back to hope, been pulled back to faith, been pulled back to belief. And, and this isn't the only definition of hope, but this is what I wrote down. We hope in the promises of God. We hope by remembering God's faithfulness in the past. And I think of this either through the Word of God or through other people's testimony or through how He's been faithful in my life. We hope by remembering God's faithfulness in the past. And then we love Him by responses of obedience in the present. Or we love Him by putting that same trust and that same hope with Him in the present. I said, if we do this, we will experience the fullness of God's goodness in the present and in the future. And I think of the faith of Abraham, and I think of him remembering 
that God created the world. That he remembered that right after the fall, God said, I'm going to send an offspring through Eve who's going to crush the head of the enemy. And I was thinking of like his lineage, like his great, 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 great grandfather Enoch and great, 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 great grandfather Noah who walked with God and saw the power of God manifest in their life. I mean, can you imagine having a grandfather that you heard of and they were, he was just taken up to heaven and he didn't die because he walked with God? And having a, <laughs> having a grandfather who, oh yeah, he, he was a preacher of righteousness in his generation. And though it had never rained, he believed God and built a boat when there wasn't boats. And then him and his entire family was saved. And the Lord started over with Noah. I mean, I think of Abraham recalling the, the faithfulness of God and the testimony of God and saying, okay, if God has power in their life, and if God manifests power in their life, and he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, Abraham didn't even have that verse. He didn't have he was the same yesterday. But he, had, but he put his faith and hope in the God who had been so faithful to, uh, to his lineage and so faithful in the earth and said, if God can do those things, he can do what he has promised me. And he held on to that promise. That is what God is calling us to in this season. So we're going to share more about this and talk more about this. Uh, I'm going to let Anna, she has a wonderful point. She's going to, she's going to share with us. Who else wants to pass away like Enoch? That's why I was raising my hand. Come on, come on, come on. <laughs> all right. I know we all do that. Wouldn't that be wonderful? We can ask the Lord, right? We'll see what happens. I want to invite you to look at verse 23 and just the first part of verse 24. And I have the NLT, and it says, And when God counted him as righteous, it wasn't just for Abraham's benefit. It was recorded for our benefit, too. And that's kind of where I was camping out today. I felt like the Lord um, so encouraged me as I was thinking back into um, just even people here in our church, like Mike and Christy moving, moving in faith and leaving Houston and coming here to Castle Rock and how that's impacted all of our lives, right? Um, and Tracy and Marcus and even me in my life. And I felt like the Lord was encouraging all of us that as we look at Abraham, that each and every one of you is an Abraham for someone in your life or a Sarah in your life. So I pray that you receive that um, we're all people of faith. There's an opportunity and an invitation that the Lord is asking us to come into and saying, will you be that person of faith in your generation today that is going to impact generation after generation after generation? I was sharing with these guys that I'm pretty sure that Abraham did not think that we were going to be talking about him today, right, here in the United States. And so there's this wonderful invitation of knowing also that it's not just you, it's not just my faith that I want to step into and move, and that heaven will move and pour out mercy and grace and power and purpose and destiny, but it's also our collective faith as the body of Christ, and sometimes we get weak, right? But I can, I can pull on Marcus's faith and that his faith releases 
signs, wonders, and miracles, and heaven, right, is poured out. And so I just want to encourage you that sometimes we think, does my faith really matter? Does my walk today really matter? And maybe if you have children watching you, you're a little bit more aware of that, but maybe you don't. And even in those situations, I think that there's an opportunity of that unbelief to come in and say, does it really matter? Like, what, what giant of faith are you, right? The enemy is like, did God really say that you are that person? Well, I want to encourage you, and I wish I could, like, hold your face right now, each, each and every one of us, and just say, the Lord is saying that you are. You are someone's Abraham. You are someone's Paul. You are someone's Sarah. You are someone's Deborah. And there's this opportunity in this Kairos moment of God where there's so much confusion. I love that scripture because are we not there right now, people? People of God, that in this world right now, it's against all the odds. It's against all the circumstances that are happening right now that we have to like dig our heels in and say, no, I know who my heritage is. I know what my inheritance is. I know that Abraham is in my lineage because of what Jesus did. I've been grafted in to the family of God. And just to be encouraged that sometimes you don't have to be that person that is like feeling like the giant of faith, but you can approach Marcus and he can pray for you. He can stand in faith with you or Jim, or I'm trying to see those lights are really bright. Everyone here, um, we, we are in the family of God so we can partner and faith is released, right? Hope is released. Love is released as we acknowledge that and have a revelation. I think there's so much more for us. So I want to ask you to do something with me. Let's all agree right now that we can be that Abraham or that Sarah in someone's life. And Tracy's going to share an awesome testimony. Um, and as he was sharing, it just reminded me of just like this truth that the Lord was um, just speaking to me through that, that it just wasn't for Abraham's benefit, that it was recorded for our benefit today. If God did it in his life, that means that he'll do it in ours, right? That's the truth. That's the word of God. So I'm excited for him to share that. Hey, five minutes. Wow. <laughs> I mean, right. Well, we want to leave enough time for everyone to pray and us to get together. So. Yeah, I've been camped out here for the better part of a week or two. In, um, in Romans 4, I'm going to share, um, I am going to share a testimony tonight. I'm going to share a few thoughts I have here, as Marcus did. I'm going to share a testimony, and then um, a prophetic word, I believe, is for, for the church in this hour. Um, something that the Lord spoke to me on, on Sunday, and so I just want to encourage you with that. Here's what I love about all the scripture. There's so much, like Marcus said, there, I mean, man, I've been in this thing for a couple of weeks, and I just... My mind, I just, I'm still going down five rabbit holes a day, just like digging into this. So, what I do like though is in verse 18. And, uh, and Marcus said it in the NIV it says, Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. It says, In hope, there's, uh, you know, punctuation and letters matter. <laughs> So if you look at this comma after hope, that means we're going to start an entirely new, something different, right? There's a pause. But it says that he was against all hope. So against all the odds, right? Against all situations, circumstance, everything that he was in. Score is 49 nil, right? Scoreboard. 
And, um, and here he is, and he, he says, listen, in hope, that means he had to be operating in a level or in a spirit, the spirit of hope at a certain level of some sort. I don't know how much, but it says he was in hope. That means that he was walking in it. He was operating in it at some level. And I find that absolutely amazing that against all odds, against all circumstances, that he can operate in, in hope. And here's what I love about God. He wants to make sure that we have just an inkling of hope. And I love how he just prefaces this at the end of 17 with this. And this is what Marcus read as well. It said, we serve you know, a God who gives life to the things that are dead. God's very good at bringing dead things back to life. Amen? Wow. And then he goes on to say this. And he calls into existence the things that are not as if they were. Man, if that doesn't, like, if that's a, this is a promise of God. This is a God we serve. If that doesn't give us at least that much hope, at least, and I feel like it was prefaced in Scripture just like this to end 17 that way so that he could start talking about Abraham and how this, he was in this hopelessness and that the entire, all things were against him and the odds and the, uh, were stacked against him. I just love that. So anyway, this scripture takes me back to a time. I'll share that testimony now. Um, in the, uh, uh, you know, all the way from 2000 to 2009, roughly, but um, I was running pretty hard in, uh, in the business world, just entrepreneurially. Um, I, I launched like eight different businesses and companies in the span of about five years in the middle of the, the 2000s there. Um, and I was building a kingdom, and I can tell you it wasn't God's kingdom that I was building. <laughs> it, was, it was certainly mine, and God went out of his way to get my attention. And around 08, I had a trifecta that just about sunk me. Um, and, and I've shared this before briefly, I think maybe even on Wednesday night, but, but I'm going to go into a little more details and move forward. But he had to get my attention, and, and I had a trifecta that just about sunk us. I, I had one of our, our bookkeepers had access to three of our company's books and was embezzling. Um, that's one. Um, we had someone that we were working with that um, did us wrong. I'll leave it at that. Um, for the tune, to the tune of like seven digits, that was a pretty good-sized number. And then uh, thirdly, I took all of my savings, everything I had, 401k, all of it, and I dropped it. My life savings, everything I had saved and put away, all this stuff. And, I, and I, I invested it into a Ponzi scheme. This is 08, like around Madoff time, right? And all this to say, um, that, that was the starting point of something. Um, it was start, the starting point of something. I can tell you, I, I, I had one of my companies, I had three different partners, and in about 2011, um, I was gonna buy them out. And I remember um, they wanted out, and I, was, I knew all the operation and everything that needed to be fixed to fix this, this company. And I remember I was really struggling with, um, because I was under this financial pressure. And I'm like, if, what if I run out of money trying to fix this thing? Because it was under debt, it needed operationally to be fixed, and all these things. And I remember telling myself, and I remember I was in the office up in Love in one of our offices, and the Lord spoke to me clear as day, and he said, it's all gonna be okay. In the midst of making this decision, I remember it, was, it moved me so greatly. I ran to the bathroom. I didn't walk, I ran, and I just sobbed for like 20 minutes. And then I came out, collected myself, and I made the phone call, and I said, let's do it. And I did it. All this to say, I ran out of money. Short, to cut the, the story or the testimony of this portion short, 
Um, around 14, I ran out of money fixing it. I fixed everything operationally that I knew was wrong. All that worked out. I took the debt and I cut it in half and I ran out of money trying to turn this company around. And I remember thinking back to that. This is what I held on to and the Lord was speaking to me. I, I, I hung on this hope. I know what he spoke and I know what he wrote. In other words, I know what he spoke to me that day, right? He says, it's all going to be okay. And I know he just said that, but the things he said internally were, I have you. I'm going to be with you. I haven't forsaken you. I'm going to be with you through the journey. I didn't say it'd be easy, but I said I'd be with you. And in the midst of this, I, uh, what's wrote, right? What's spoken, what's wrote. I just returned to the word of God. And I went to Jeremiah 29, 11. I know often, I know the thoughts that I have about you. <laughs> uh, I have plans to prosper you and for hope, right, at the very end of that verse. And so I clung to that. I came into a season I've never felt this spirit uh, before, and I haven't felt it since, but I went through a two-month two season at the beginning of 2015. Nikki would wake up early, and she would watch Andrew Womack. She loves just his teaching style. He's just I love his teaching style. It's not maybe mine, but she loves it. It's just kind of monotone, right? That, right? But it's so good, and there's so much to chew on in there. But I, I would wake up ridden in fear. Once again, I haven't, I haven't walked in this kind of fear before, and I haven't since. This two-month window when this pressure was coming down, I had run out of money. I'm literally borrowing money out of my kid's savings account to pay bills, right? And, and this is the point I'm at. I have payroll that week, and the, I could feel it cramp, pressure and feel like the, the world's um, uh, weight is on my shoulders. And I remember crying out to God, literally crying out, like sobbing, crying. And I, I said, I know what you spoke and I know what you wrote. And I continue to go back on what he spoke to me. And in the midst of, of, of crying out to God, my phone rang. And it was someone that I hadn't been in touch with a couple, for a couple of years. Someone I had consulted for several years previous, but he had called me and I hadn't been in touch with him for a couple of years. And he was asking me some questions about the last consulting uh, job I did for him. And he said, hey. And after we were done, he said, hey, how are you doing? And I go, funny you would ask. Um, he had a similar business to mine. And I said, well, this is what's going on. I tried to turn this thing around. I ran out of money doing so. And he goes, wow, timing may be perfect. He said, we were in a board meeting yesterday, and we're actually acqu we've acquired some orthotic and prosthetic clinics around the country in certain geographies, and we just said we'd like to acquire one or, or start looking in Colorado. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my goodness, God, you, you could sure be a little sooner, but your timing is always perfect. Um, once again, I know I'm, I'm creeping up on time here, so... I, 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 two things here that I want to, I want to, want you to walk away with. One, James one, uh, chapter one, uh, verses two and three. Um, find these trials, these tribulations, pure joy, my son or my daughter, for I'm building up strength and perseverance in you. Those that know me, I, um, man, if I have at least some authority in one area, it's we're going to kick some crap out if it doesn't belong here. <laughs> and so I can tell you that walking through that season. Right. If, if fear gets if the spirit of fear gets anywhere within eye distance or hearing distance of me um, and you're willing to get rid of it, I can assure you that we're going to take authority and power over that. 
And, uh, but it's not until I walk through it, I believe. And I don't believe God causes that, but I do know that he'll use all of it, right? And once we get on the other side of those seasons, on the other side of those trials and those tribulations, we have the power and the authority to, uh, to uh, over those spirits as well. And the other thing I would, I would speak is, uh, is um, oh, I had it in my mind and it, and it skipped me. Um, oh, prophetic word. I did say that, didn't I? I had a prophetic word uh, on Sunday, and this is really where it culminated for me. I had been in this scripture for some time, and, and as we were worshiping on Sunday, I heard the Lord speak this, and I believe this is for the body. Um, he spoke this. He said, are you going to believe in the reality of earth, in the earthly's reality, or are you going to believe in heaven's truth? Are you going to believe in your earthly reality or in heaven's truth? And I believe that that's just a word for right now that, man, what we can see, I mean, there's so much scripture around what we see and what we don't see, right? What is our faith? Where is our hope? It's not in the things that are seen, but in the things that are unseen, the things that are eternal, not temporal. And so I know that's, once again, easier said than done. But, man, I just if there's anything I want you to walk away from, uh, from tonight with is that your earthly reality doesn't even come close to heaven's truth. So I just want to speak that. I just want to proclaim that and declare that over uh, all of you uh, tonight. Amen. You went way over. It's good. It was good. Okay. Um, I'm just going to finish up here and uh, in, in this verse. And the thing that I'm going to just touch on, this is all so good. I, I just feel like hopefully you're catching just all of this. And this, this part is, is where it talks about, and it's in, uh, it's in verse 20. And it says, it says, yet he, being Abraham, did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. And uh, there's a, there's this, when we, when we walk in unbelief, when we step into unbelief, and I talked a little bit about it, I think. I, I, was, you know, I think I shared it on Tuesday, but it's all a blur because we've got like Sunday and then Tuesday, um, we've got our staff meetings. Wednesday, we're with the executive team. And Thursday, a lot of times, I'm preaching over here at the FEC. And um, anyway, it's just all a blur. It's like, I know I shared it sometimes. So if you're hearing this twice, I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's probably because you need to hear it twice. <laughs> um, but the, this, this idea of, of, of unbelief, there's one thing. We, we step into the promises of God. That's hope. The hope that we have, it's in the promises. And uh, Anna touched on it, just that, that faith, hope, and love. And, and it is, it's the hope that we have in his promises. And it's our faith. This is the part that we play is the faith. Because the, the promises that we have from the Lord, we can't actually make happen, right? They're not things that you can just kind of, God gives you a promise and you go do it. That's not how God's promises work. How God's promises work is we actually, in a sense, rest in the faith that we have to know that his promises are going to happen. And that's the hope that we, we hold on to 
in our faith. So our faith is the action part. It actually releases the grace of God to actually reveal the promises of God. And uh, so there is the, the faith. It says that, like back in 16, it says, therefore, the promise comes through faith. So if we don't operate in the faith, if we don't step in with faith, that's, where the pro that's how the promises come. So promises don't just kind of fulfill themselves. They actually operate in a place of when we step into faith. But when the, the other side to that is the unbelief. And unbelief is not, we hear people say like, oh, you just don't have enough faith. It has nothing to do with that. Because Jesus goes on to say, he says, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, which is like basically he's saying it's the very smallest seed that they had at that time and like that they were all aware of it. And so he was, his point was, if you have no faith, if you have a little, like all you need is a little like dot of faith. <laughs> and, and he goes, you can move a mountain. You can move mountains with that faith. Because what you're doing is we're putting our little tiny faith in his faithfulness and in his promises. He's the one that does the work. But when we operate in a place of unbelief, and this is what we saw with the Israelites, this is what you see uh, over and over again, when, those, when you walk in unbelief, unbelief is a different word, and it actually means to, uh, it's to distrust or to come against the very uh, plans and the purposes of God. The, actually, I actually wrote it down. The, the, the word is, uh, I'm not going to say what the, the word is because I'll butcher it. But it means to pass judgment. It means disagreement, dispute, wavering, and separation from. So that's a place of unbelief. And so what you're actually doing is when you step into unbelief, you're coming against the very words of the Lord. And in Hebrews, I was, it was Hebrews 3 talks about it. And it just, it says this. It says, see to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart. And that's the place so that what it is when you step into that unbelieving, it's, it is a place of sin. Uh, it says that if you don't operate in faith, Romans 14 talks about it, uh, if, without faith, there's sin. And so we actually have to walk in that place of faith, of trusting in God. When we don't, that unbelieving heart, what it, it says, it goes on, it says it like three times in Hebrews 3 and 4. And it says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. And this is that when you hear his voice, it's the promises of God. Don't harden your heart to those things. Don't distrust or come against the very things that the Lord is actually releasing, the promises that he has. That's the hardening of our heart. So, uh, so back to that verse where it says, he did not waver through unbelief. When, our, when we hear the word of the Lord and we don't actually step into it, don't have that, that faith which then releases the grace that then releases the promises of God, when we don't do that, there's a hardening of our heart that happens. And so this is where we actually need to get back before the Lord and say, okay, God, I haven't actually been, it's not, it's not, it's not helped me to have more faith. It's helped me with my unbelief. And you see over and over again, you see in scriptures, I was in Mark 6, um, it says this. It says, he could not do any miracles. This is Jesus. Could not do any miracles here except lay hands on a, on a few sick people and heal them. 
it says he was amazed at their unbelief. He was amazed at those that, that actually had hardened their hearts towards the Lord. And, and I don't think we purposely do it. And we look at, at the Israelites and we go, how could they do that? And, but I think in our own life, what we need to realize is that if we're not careful, there's often times where we actually speak against the very promises of God, uh, where, we, where we begin to harden our heart, not out of, uh, like, we're not doing it on purpose. We're not coming in the face of God. But it, it just, it's that slow process of, I just don't see it happening, God. And we begin to almost step against it and say, no, it's not going to happen. And so I want to encourage you, this is not to, like, depress you. This is, uh, <laughs> that, that I think begin to, if you can see, the Holy Spirit will reveal those things in your heart if you let him. And begin, it be, he begins to soften your heart. And what that does is that gets you back into a place of agreement instead of a disagreement or distrust with the Lord. And so once you step back into that place, that's like hope is restored. Your faith is activated, and you begin to see the very promises of God revealed. So, I could go on, but I won't because I'm out of time. Yeah, so I, I th thank you all for sharing, and thank you. I kind of want to kind of take it back to what Anna said as we go into groups. We're just going to go into groups tonight and encourage one another and our faith, confess the promises of God over our life that we're believing, maybe over our children that we're believing, maybe over whatever, maybe just something that you're contending for in the word in your life that you haven't, it hasn't been manifested yet, you haven't seen it, I'm thinking of, I want to walk in, and believing the word to walk in healings or signs and wonders, I'm just not seeing it, or, or I have an evangelistic calling on my life, but I don't have the boldness to step into it, you know? And, and just kind of war with one another. But what Anna said was um, that we would see ourselves now walking in faith for those who are coming after us or for those who are alongside of us. And that we would not just be obedient for our own sakes, but also obedient for the sake of the body of Christ and walking in faith and in hope for the sake of those around us. I just... I. And, and, and we need each other. We need each other to do it. So I'm just going to pray for us, unless, Mike, you have anything no, I was to just going to say, it's also... Um, I just want to say something really quickly, because Tuesday was really powerful for me. With, and you brought this up, I think, Mike. One of the things is when we, we feel like we're really trying to stand in faith and we feel like we failed, well, it says here that Abraham didn't waver, but think about it. He wavered because he ended up with Ishmael. Do you remember? I mean, he wavered, but this is the thing. And this ties into what Mike said and what you guys all said. You know, it's the end product. In other words, God overlooked the, the wavering, and he saw that he hung in there till the end and received the promise, even though he screwed up in the process. And so uh, just that was such a powerful thing that you guys brought up on Tuesday. That was me, actually. You brought it. Okay. I'm sorry. Anyway. <laughs> but yes, but that, that was is great. the that goodness of God. That's, that's so powerful because sometimes we think if we didn't stand in faith, then, oh, we lost it. No, you've got to keep pressing in, like Mike said, yeah. and, uh, and like all you guys said. Anyway, yeah. that's all. If that's I can add something really quick. I felt really strongly that all of us are contending for a promise. I don't know what that is, but the Holy Spirit, I believe he's going to bring it 
to remembrance right now. And I did feel like there's just a grace tonight to agree, to hope again, to believe again together with the body of Christ for that promise to be fulfilled. We don't know how and the timing, but the promise will be fulfilled. That's what his word says. If it's from the Lord, that promise will be fulfilled. Amen? Amen. Yeah. Yeah. I had another thought, but well, actually, let me just say this. The, uh, the promises are not, are these, what we actually step in today is, it, it is for us, like, here together, what, what, I step into affects you, what you step into affects me, but also realize that it's generational. And I think this is the thing you see, Abraham, what Abraham stepped into, generations before us, we're actually walking in now. And, and we see it, I think we see it also like with some of the, the greats that we, you know, uh, the, the Billy Grahams and the, um, you see the, the McPhersons and the, um, I was thinking John Wimber and, um, the, uh, oh, John G. Lake, but yeah, I was thinking, oh, Smith Wigglesworth, that was the other guy. So all these people that, that they actually stepped into their promises and, and they walked in faith and what they did is they actually have impacted our lives. Because of the things that they've done, we see things differently, we operate in a different way. And so in your own life, the very things that you do as you step into the promises and you, there are promises of God over each one of our lives. Amazing promises. Don't think your promise is like, I got a little promise and they've got a big promise. Like there are amazing promises that we can all step into. Um, and as you do, you impact and affect all those around you and those for generations to come. So I want to encourage you. We all want to encourage you. Step in your promise because it affects each one of us. Let's just pray before we get into our groups. Lord, we, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your word. We thank you you are not a man that you should lie. If you say it, Lord, we just say we believe it. Lord, we thank you for our, our own personal journeys with you and, and even the words of prophecy and, that have been released over our lives. We thank you for your written word. And how faithful you have been in, in men and women's lives who have gone before us, who have trusted in you. Lord, we ask you that you would just do what Mike said right now and remove any unbelief. In the little faith that we do have, the confidence that we have in your power to fulfill these promises. Lord, increase our confidence. Lord, let us hold to, and just like what JR said, if we don't give up, if we don't give in, if we don't quit in believing we win. And you agree, there's that divine editing process that you view our lives through called the mercy of God, and we thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.